What's up, everyone? My name is Coach Cody Smith, and this is the Create Yourself Podcast. This is your favorite source to receive simple, sustainable, evidence-supported fitness information around training, nutrition, mindset, and weekly inspiration. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for spending some time with me today and taking information from me that you can apply to your life to achieve any goal that you want. This podcast was made to provide free information to listeners who want to expand in their mind, progress in their life, and change their body for the better. This podcast is called the Create Yourself Podcast for a reason. And that reason is because I believe that anyone at any time can create themselves. Now, let's get into today's episode and let's grow together. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the show today. Um, today, I had the honor of uh, interviewing a guy by the name of Carl Hardwick. Carl Hardwick is a coach inside of fitness. He is the COO uh, over at OPEX Fitness. He is one of the minds behind some of the great educational material that comes out of OPEX Fitness. Um, over the past three years, OPEX has had a huge influence on how I view fitness prescription and how I view um, training and different principles and methods. And it was an awesome to have a conversation with this because what we really touched on and what this podcast literally should be called is connection-based coaching. Because at the end of the day, the best program that anybody is ever going to be that anybody is ever going to receive is going to come from some sort of connection between a coach and a client. Because at the end of the day, if, if a person doesn't believe that what you're doing for them is uh, the best possible thing, then it's likely they're not going to do it. So this entire conversation is, is shaped around that. Um, so we jump into program design methods, um, how to not use secret hacks for recovery. Um, he gives a great piece of advice at the end based off of a personality question that I always ask. Um, it, it was just a great conversation and I'm super excited for you guys to listen today. Now, do me a favor before we jump into the show. As always, I want you to go ahead and take a screenshot on, on your phone, tag both Carl and I in it. He is at Hardwick Carl on Instagram and I am at Coach Cody. Uh, Coach Cody Smith. Now, the the reason why we always ask to do this is because um, the only way that we can continue to keep make, making just amazing shows like this for everybody is if we grow the reach and we get more people to listen to it. Because at the end of the day, this entire show, uh, if you listen to the, the first episode or the first episode that never happened, the whole reason this show even came about is because of my transformation through podcasting and and, and my hopes for giving that to the, out, to, the, to the greater world around me. So go ahead and take that screenshot, post it on your Instagram story. And without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring Carl on, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, and welcome back to the Create Yourself podcast. Today, my guest is Carl Hardwick. Um, I, I've been following Carl for a few months now. Um, very, very, very intelligent inside of program design, so uh, I'm hoping we can be complete nerds and talk about that kind of stuff today. So, Carl, how you feeling today, man? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for the kind words, man. Appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. Um, so uh, really, man, uh, my listeners, uh, you know, whether they've heard about you or not, I'd love for you to, to dive into a little bit of your story, how you found your way into coaching fitness, uh, and then ultimately what led you to where you are now. Cool, man. Yeah, I'll try to uh, wrap up, you know, 15 years into <laughs> uh, less than 60 seconds. So that's always um, kind of a trick, right? Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, I guess we'll start where I come from. So I'm from the yeah. Midwest. I was born in Chicago. Um, grew up in uh, southeastern Wisconsin in a little place called Kenosha. Um, 
so yeah, you know, got into, you know, sport and, and fitness, uh, really early, um, you know, started, started training out of the, uh, Arnold's encyclopedia of bodybuilding at the age of 12 years old at the, uh, local KYF, um, which is, um, a spinoff of YMCA essentially. Right. Um, yeah, man. And then found my way into uh, sport, uh, played baseball my entire life, played football my entire life, played basketball until about my junior year of high school. Um, so yeah, kind of sport, sport drove it, um, specifically baseball. And then as I got into, you know, uh, junior, senior year of, of uh, high school, I realized, although I was better at baseball, I was, I could, I had an opportunity to get uh, scholarship and, and get a free education playing football. So, uh, did that, um, uh, played a couple of years of college football, uh, played in Canada for a little while, um, found my way into the military. Uh, was in the army for six years um, in the medical field. Um, had a uh, combat deployment to Afghanistan. Um, I was already really deep into you know the fitness world. Um, that's what I studied and and uh, at university uh, met some really you know inspirational mentors along the way and uh, Charles Poliquin, Joe DeFranco, um, and actually was introduced to James Fitzgerald uh, from you know here at OPEX uh, in my Poliquin days and kind of uh, fell in love with the ideology that he was preaching. And that was back in 2000, I believe 11 or 12 um, when we connected and then, you know, finished up the military thing, uh, went all in in fitness and had been coaching people at that point for probably about five or six years. And that was about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, man, had uh, owned a couple of gyms, was in the PT world for a long time. Um, you know, had a couple CrossFit gyms, uh, transferred over to completely personalized fitness. And that's around the time OPEX had, uh, you know, a licensed gym program, um, opened up three OPEX gyms and, uh, yeah, yeah. Went, went really hard into personalized fitness and, and just fell in love with the ideology of it. And it was, it was, it's interesting, man. Sorry. I went over 60 seconds. Dude, you um, keep going. It's good stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's, context it's is everything. Man. Like hearing like a trainer's like backstory, it really helps to like, yeah connect the dots of like what you're doing now versus where you came from. So man, dig into it. Keep it going. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so the interesting thing was, you know, when I go back to 11 or 12, when I was connected with James, it's the, the thing that actually connected me with him was, um, you know, the intelligent way that he was, you know, coaching fitness and designing, uh, training programs and, uh, you know, a different way that he was talking to his clients it was just a, you know, what we would call now a higher order way of delivering mm-hmm. this thing. Sure. Um, and that's kind of how I saw myself. You know, I didn't see myself as uh, a coach that was, you know, just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and hoping that it stuck. Um, so that attracted me to, uh, to OPT um, and, uh, and James. So yeah, kind of uh, when, when the personalized fitness movement, you know, came along, in 20, I call it a movement now in 2014, (laughs) 15, 16. Um, yeah, man, I was all in and I knew that's the only thing I really wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I was coaching, you know, 50, 67 individual design clients, um, had a successful gym, uh, well, successful gyms, um, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, come on board here at OPEX full-time, um, and kind of, you know, run education and, uh, operations here. Um, so that was a no brainer for me. So, now I'm I'm here at OPEX, um, COO here and uh, running operations, and uh, we're actually uh, building our new CCP program right now. 
So we're uh, really busy launching this thing. And uh, yeah, man, still coach uh, about 15, 20 people on the uh, big dogs remote coaching side because it's something I, I don't see myself giving up um, any anywhere in the near future. So uh, kind of keeps me sharp and keeps me up to speed on some things that are happening in the in the uh, in the industry. Yeah, you know something. Um, a lot of the things you talked about, especially when in, in regards to James, like um, you know, he preaches such a different gospel than like and we'll we'll say gospel, like not that it's any religious means <laughs> or whatever. But to me, like I, I fitness is kind of my gospel, so it makes total sense. Yeah. But, um, he preaches the, this different message of um, intelligent design and. Um, how everybody should um, like really look to to drive their fitness, like their direction towards that kind of thing. And it makes total sense. And I, and I see it a lot. Like I, I also run a, um, a CrossFit gym that adjusted just rebranded into more of like a fitness realm with a lot of uh, the thought process that James has kind of come up with. But um, that being said, like for you, was there any specific things that he was talking about or really saying that kind of drew you specifically to like, Hey, I'm going to, go all in on this thing? Was it like one thing, two things, maybe just the the whole idea of everything? Yeah, man, it was, uh, we, we were, we were indirectly speaking the same language, even mm-hmm. though we had never met each other, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, uh, if we go back to that 11 and 12 timeframe, um, we know that, you know, functional fitness and CrossFit, you know, started to really do this, mm-hmm. right? So it was, uh, it was something that people were talking about. Um, so I saw this guy, um, I didn't even know he won the first CrossFit games at that time. Um, so I saw this guy, he was doing these things and he had some rhyme or reason behind them. And that was the world that I grew up in, in strength conditioning. Um, he was, he was essentially developing, uh, principles for this thing called mixed modal functional fitness, um, and eventually CrossFit. Um, so I saw him as a, as, as a pioneer in those things. So, um, I guess the one thing is, you know, he was, he was using he was using and developing principles to coach athletes and to coach himself in this thing called functional fitness and that was uh that was really attractive to me um so that's i I guess if i had to pick one thing that was the thing that i was like okay yeah i'd kind of get on board with this guy and and what he's saying and all that and then the doors open and i really got to know james and you know you know him as well man and it's uh you know all the things that he was saying it, it vibed really well with me um and he's doing with He's doing something that a lot of, um, you know, let's call it fitness influencers aren't doing right now. Um, they're speaking the truth. They're speaking, speaking their mind, whether that means, uh, you know, we're selling more units of education, whether that means, you know, all of that, like that doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, to uh, obviously we're a business we care about, you know, you know, getting our education out to as many coaches as possible. But, uh, you know, our ideas and, and the things that we do to do that, like we don't we don't ever sway away from our vision as a company and how we deliver that, even though we could probably sell, you know, a, a bit more units if we did that. Um, yeah. That's just, and that comes from James. Right. Um, so, yeah. The, I think the biggest thing um, specifically about like guys like yourself and James and OPEX is that um, it, for me, like I came solely from the CrossFit world. I, you know, I did my level one back in like 2010 um, you know, before that I, I did mixed martial arts at a competitive level. So like, um, CrossFit was my, like my dive into fitness, but then, you know, uh, guys like you guys come along and you start putting frameworks on things that like as coaches we were seeing in the trenches. So like the, the way that I learned fitness looked different in the trenches 
um, than what I was taught, right? So then coaches like myself go outward and we start looking for different ways to educate ourselves so that our clients can get the best product. And then, you know, uh, companies like OPEX come along and um, start basically answering our questions and, and uh, like giving a product and a service to guys like myself who needed further education, who needed education inside of the functional fitness realm. And there was nothing before. Whereas like now, like, um, I, I'm thankful for the education that like, you know, companies like OPEX put out because that's a huge deal for a coach like me who needs that, which in turn helps my clients. So ultimately, um, I think you guys are still staying true to, to the, to the morals of like helping people and, and creating good stuff. Um, that being said, uh, with all these principles and frameworks and stuff like that, what are some, um, I guess, what are some top like principles and framework that, um, most people need inside of their program? And I know that's going to be high, highly individual because every person has a different thing, but, um, I think there's also some basic principles that can kind of lay in there. What are some like top things that you think people really need to pay attention to when they go to embark on like a training program? Uh, from the, from the coach's side. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, coach, new client comes along. I mean, um, I'm sure there's some basic steps that you guys walk through to make sure that you are ultimately pointing somebody in the right direction. Like, um, what are some of those principles that you guys really like? Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if, if we're looking at this thing on an individualized basis, which, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, that's, that's how we look at everything. Um, you have to have context, right? So, um, you know, gone are the days where it's okay to not have context, i.e an assessment to drive an informed program design. And, you know, we have our methodology and how we perform assessments, but let's just take all of that away, right? Like just the idea of performing any kind of assessment is needed. An assessment could be you and I sitting here on Zoom and me just asking you a lot of questions and taking notes and me taking what we, what we identified and what we unveiled in this conversation and that informing how I design your training program. And that's like, that, that may be, that may seem to you and, and other coaches listening that, that actually do this and, and design individualized training programs for people that may seem lower order, but that's, that's a great step in the right mm-hmm. direction where, you know, five, 10 years ago, man, like, you know, cause I've, I've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, you know, not performing an assessment or not having a conversation with someone before you write ABC uh, on your piece of paper and in your Excel doc, that was like, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you principles. I know that these principles work, whether that's a 531 protocol, whether that's a, you know, German volume training protocol, things like that. It's like, we'll just get through the next six or eight weeks and we'll re- readdress or reassess the, how the training program went after that. And there was no context going into that training program. So, um, I I think coaches just need to understand that program design is actually not that complex. Right. And that's what we try to do as a company is we try to simplify, uh, how coaches design training programs, right? Because if we can't do that, and if we can't push that out in a more simple way, then we're not really doing our job as educators. Like if we're going into, if we're just speaking language that, um, you know, Mel Sif spoke, you know, yeah, all those years ago, and we're just like pushing that along to our, our coaches. It's like, we're not really doing anything. We're not really, let's call it innovating, um, this thing called fitness and individual design. So our goal, man, always is to make this thing as simple and as easy as possible. And that's tough in this world, man, because there's so many, there's so many things that we can go down a rabbit hole. We can talk about, uh, physiology. We can talk about 
hormonal issues. We can talk about fixing movement and the nuances of fixing movement. And we can go all, we can go down each one of those rabbit holes for 20, 30 years and still not truly understand how to fix that stuff when we come out of the back end. Right. So it's like coaches and we see that all the time. And I was, I fell victim to that as well, where it's like, I'm trying to learn all of the things and I'm trying to be a master in every single area instead of just like having some, some really good tools in my toolbox that I go, I become that craftsman and I use those with a lot of clients over a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And then I, I actually understand how to implement program design. I know how to talk to people. Um, and eventually over years and years and years, I'm now a master coach and I can do those things. Right. Where right now it's like, you know, in that technician phase, coaches are trying to get to mastery without actually implementing this stuff with their clients for years. So they're trying to go from technician, technician to master and never kind of sit in that craftsman stage. Right. And to kind of put some context to that, you know, a young coach coming into our system that has no experience in coaching whatsoever. Uh, they have no education. Uh, they're a technician, right? It's like, Hey, come into OPEX, uh, get into the CCP program. You know, we're going to teach you, or we're going to give you the tools that we feel that you need to give someone a great training program, a great nutrition program, a great lifestyle and behavior program, and just live there for a while. Right. So it's like take CCP and coach a lot of people for years and years and years. Right. And you can just live in that craftsman stage for as long as you feel necessary. And you don't have to feel the pressure of going to a weekend seminar. Uh, once a month, you don't have to feel the pressure to continue to, you know, spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars learning, you know, DNS and and uh, all of these other things around the world, right? And that's not a shot to DNS at all. That's just that's just like, you know, if a coach doesn't know how to write a full body resistance training program and they're out there trying to understand the principles of, of DNS, it's like, dude, like let's just live and and uh, get some get some really good results with some really good principles with our clients. And then once we get to that mastery stage where we feel like the tools that are in our toolbox, we can utilize those at any time. And we're super comfortable with that. And we have proven results with our clients. Now go out and do that, all, all of that other stuff and kind of slide your way into that mastery phase. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think I started this with, uh, you know, have Assessment. context. Yeah. Yeah. It's like have yeah. context, you know, allow that context to drive what you give your clients and lifestyle, behavior, nutrition, and inside of design. And just be a good person. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. have the tools, be a really good person, um, care about the people that you work with, and you're going to be a great coach, right? Because if we bring in someone that, you know, has a PhD in uh, biomechanics, and they understand movement to like this, this degree that you and I would never understand, and they're just not a good person, and they're not personable, but they can fix you know, they can fix any movement imbalance on, uh, on, on the, on the planet. It's like, right. they're never going to be successful in this thing. Right. So it's like, understand some principles and be a good person. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. A, a couple things inside of that too. Well, one, um, <laughs> we know that adherence for everybody is the number one thing to get somebody to get a great result. Right. And, and you're right. So many like really intelligent coaches can't even get their clients to do what they need to because uh, it's either overcomplicated or, you know, they just don't listen to their clients. They're constantly trying to give them uh, what they need instead of balancing that, like what they want and what they need and then what they'll do, right? Kind of always balancing those three things. Um, and, and I love what you talked about uh, the, the whole craftsman conversation. I, I always call it like the cook versus the chef, right? Like a yeah. lot of new coaches, like when I first came in the game, I thought I was a chef, right? I'm 
you know, reading everything under the sun, much like you spoke of, as many seminars as I could, um, and trying to implement um, all of the really specialized things instead of some of the more mundane, some of the more like mundane principle type stuff. Um, and, and and when I realized like, hey, I'm just kind of a cook right now. I'm you know taking recipes and and things that I'm learning and I'm making them and I'm giving them to my clients. Uh, and then over time, you're right. You you totally become a chef. You become somebody who um, can get more into like the the more specialized realms and start implementing some of these practices for your clients. Um, but the 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 biggest thing, all of those things being said, um, simple always wins, right? Like simple and something that is sustainable for your client always goes the uh, the longest way. And that's something that I love about um, the message from OPEX is like it's not about you know what's going to happen in this twelve week cycle or this four week program. It's like what are you going to be able to do um, when you're fifty? And I think uh, James said something one time of like you know what you're doing now will it serve you when you're like fifty or sixty years old? Um, and for me, that's huge and something that I preach inside of my, uh, my coaching right now. Yeah. And, and dude, like, you know, coaches that, that don't have that understanding of, uh, you know, how to deliver this thing to their clients with a, a high level of effectiveness, efficiency, um, and, and <laughs> confidently it's like, there's no judgment there, man. It's like, right. that's, that's, that's literally our vision, right? It's like, we want to help coaches. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, it's awesome when we go out and we, we get the opportunity to speak to a group of coaches that aren't in our, um, infrastructure because we, we get to understand, you know, what are their problems that they're facing? Um, you know, what are some things that, and, and while we're having that conversation, it's, uh, you know, what's in the back of our minds. It's like, you know, how do we, how can we help this one coach specifically? Right. And it's like, it's been a fun journey for us over the past, you know, six months as we've completely rebuilt CCP, man. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's been in the back of our minds. And we ask ourselves that every single day as we film new videos and write up new notes and uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm-hmm. is this going to make a coach's life easier? Is this going to help more coaches? Is this going to give uh, a coach better context of how to implement this with their clients? Um, so we've asked ourselves that along the way. And uh, yeah, man, we feel really good about, you know, what we're building right now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll push this thing out. We'll feel really good about it. We'll identify some places where we need to make some improvements, and we'll be back to the not the drawing board, but we'll be back to the improvement board in uh, another you know six, twelve, twenty four months redoing some of this thing um, again, man. But yeah, it it all comes back to you know how can we how can we help coaches impact their clients in the best, most sustainable way. Right. And isn't that funny? Like you, 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 you put out like some of the best information you possibly can. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're like, ah, oh, I totally should have done X, Y, Z to it. It's always this yeah. kind of this funny um, give and take. Uh, now, with that being said, like all this talk around being sustainable, all this talk around about uh, keeping things simple. But then on the other side, you have, you know, it's kind of like you get the two angels on your shoulder, right? You got the one angel, like simple, effective, sustainable. And the other side's like, look at that shiny new program over there that's going to make me lose fat and 50 and you know 50 pounds of fat in in 10 days how do you think or i guess we should frame it as what do you think is the best way to kind of break through some of that noise with clients that are constantly distracted by the hundreds of thousands of info products out there um, promising insane results in a short time like how do you break through that what's the secret or is there one yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know if there's a secret. I think it all. I think I think all of these answers come in uh, in conversation, right? Like in 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 conversation and building trust with our clients and people that we work with. 
Um, you know, because, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, all of the, you know, the thousands of, of programs that may get your results um, in the next, you know, let's call it 30 days and our program, honestly, man, like, and we, we're, we're very honest about this. Um, what we do, what we do at OPEX and what we, what we teach, it's not going to get someone, you know, from, uh, from, I'm trying to think of a, a term. Only thing that comes to mind is like yeah. couch to 5k or, uh, right, right, like right. more body composition stuff. It's like, you know, the, the, the unsustainable program will get you there faster. Right. But it's totally. like, you know, what, what we look at is, you know, where are you going to be in six, 12 months? Or like you said, when you're 50 or 60 years old and, you know, if a client says to one of our coaches, like, yeah, I get it. I'm on board, but I'm, I, I just don't really care about, you know, where I'm at when I'm 50 or 60, I want to get there in 30 days. Um, we can't, we can't really talk them out of that. Right. So it's like, you know, we feel really good about ourselves and our coaches should feel really good about talking to their clients because they just told them the truth, right? They're like, mm -hmm. Hey, I want to, I, I want to deliver a training program, a fitness program to you. That's going to, that you're, that you can actually hold on to for years and years and years. Um, and you know, the guys, what they're doing down the road, you'll probably see, you know, better results, whatever results may mean to you, whether that's body composition or let's call it, let's call it like, you know, anaerobic capacity over the next 30 days if you go and do some unsustainable fitness um and uh you know and that that comes in you know in in the gym that comes in nutrition that comes in lifestyle um if anything's unsustainable it's just that right it's unsustainable so having that conversation with what does sustainable versus unsustainable actually mean um and sustainable can be fun right it's like you know, that's why we have, you know, great principles that we live by. We can mm -hmm. make that shit fun, right? It's like, totally. to me, to me, a client having fun in design is, is a client that's really connected to what they're doing in the gym. They're really connected to what they're doing outside of the gym. They're really connected to their coach and they're really connected to the process that's going to get them to where they want to be. So to me, that, that is, that is quote unquote fun, right? If a client, you know, comes in and they're like, I need, I need to get here in 30 days. It's like, you know, then, then what, <laughs> like, how, yeah. how are you going to feel after those 30 days? Um, and, you know, we're not in the business of talking people out of things or changing people's minds. Uh, you know, we have our, our ideology and, uh, you know, a lot of coaches over the years have really vibed with our ideology and, uh, um, you know, we're kind of, we, we're, we're, we're putting out a different message than a lot of, uh, a lot of the market. And, uh, you know, there's some positives that come along with that. And there's also some negatives that come along with mm -hmm. that because, you know, not a lot of people want to hear, you know, we're going to make you feel good in 20 years, you know? Um, but, you know, over the years, uh, a lot of, um, and you, you probably hear it in commercials and, uh, you know, on, on in, in Instagram ads and stuff like that. Everyone wants something that's personalized to them, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone wants it, but I don't think the, the market actually understands what personalized really means at this point. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where we're at in a couple of years and we'll see if this thing's moving forward in a bigger way. Yeah. You know, I think there's actually like a, a I think there is that shift happening that you're talking about, you know, like if you'd have told me, you know, I, I coach a bunch of people uh, both remotely and in my gym that have, I've kind of thrown uh, like individual design has kind of been like a, a bolt on program that I've added to my, uh, I guess my gym, just because there are people that want more. There are people that 
um, do have that mindset of like, hey, this is not sustainable. I need something else. Um, so, we, you know, we, we had the ability and my coaches and I started offering these things. Um, but I think there's, that, that shift is happening because um, I, I just believe as a whole, like the people are getting more health conscious. They're realizing that like, you know, now more than ever, there's burnt out high intensity people that are, are just looking for something that is sustainable. Um, and, and, but you still have those people that are like, it's, it's a hard conversation, right? Like, Hey, yeah. like, yeah, you're actually not going to feel trash like you did in that group class every day. Um, but you're also not going to have those nagging injuries and issues that you had before. You're going to be able to sleep. Yeah. You're going to learn about nutrition. You're going to learn about recovery and you're going to be having connection with a person with a coach that actually cares about you. Um, I'd like to think that my entire model is going to shift over time. Um, but there are still those people who really do enjoy the group atmosphere and stuff like that. So um, we'll see where that goes. Now, I've heard you, I heard you, matter of fact, on the OPEX podcast with Robbie, and he was talking to you a lot about um, just like program design principles. And these are things that uh, obviously I've adopted from the OPEX model as well. Um, but you guys are big on um, not necessarily overhauling a program every single week, but keeping things like and, and, and just adding slight variation and stuff like that. Um, how do you find that conversation goes with clients um, to get them, you know, especially if they come from an atmosphere where it's like everything's different every day, you've got a different program and then you're like, Hey, I'm going to have you do, you know, this same squatting variation um, with, you know, give or take load or reps or rest periods. Um, how do you approach that conversation with clients of like, I'm not going to overhaul your program every single week. I'm just going to add slight variation to it. Yeah, man, that's a, uh... That's a, that's another, it depends. Yeah. Um, always. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, but I'll, I'll give, I'll give you more context after yeah. saying that though. That's another, it depends question. And uh, it depends for, you know, uh, different clients. So let's talk about, you know, two different client avatars. Let's say client avatar a has, um, you know, some, some nagging hip issues that occur in the back squat. They don't feel any pain or anything like that but they have a massive hip shift, let's say to the left when they back squat and back squatting is really important to them. And mm -hmm. they're like, I really want to get better at the back squat. And then we have client B, they come in and they're like, Hey, I just want some really great body composition changes. I want to look good. I want to feel good. Um, the way that we approach the, let's call it the squat pattern is going to be completely different for those two avatars, right? Client A, like you better believe it. Like we're going to do some extremely linear periodization with them relative to the back squat or building them up to the back squat. So their program is going to look monotonous on that squat day with maybe it's a, you know, volume to intensity model, or maybe it's a volume to more volume model or a volume to density model. It just depends. Right. But like the, the, for client a that, you know, that, that movement is really mundane as they go through weeks and weeks and weeks of design they're definitely, we have to connect them to that, right? It's like, mm -hmm. hey, we noticed this in your assessment. Um, you said that the back squat is really important to you. Um, maybe we should not back squat for a little bit because we need to fix this in the squat pattern. So this is the plan to actually, you know, get you squatting and feeling really good and getting strong in the back squat again. And it's like, we sit down and we lay out a 12 month plan of what that's going to look like for them, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. talk about being connected to your program. It's like we have to connect them to the program because if we're if we're three weeks in and they see A is like the same and, and volume and intensity is just shifting a little bit or time under tension is shifting a little bit and they're like, what, why the hell am I doing this? We failed them as a coach because we didn't tell them why they're doing what they're doing, 
right? So it's like, just like we have to have context as coaches, our clients also have to have context, right? Because our clients aren't robots that just walk into the gym every day and just, you know, open up true coach and just do whatever we tell them without any emotion behind that. Like there has to be a level of connection or linking to that program, right? Client B, right? We can, we can, we can do whatever the hell we want with them, right? Like we could follow some really good principles. Maybe, you know, we're doing some full body resistance work and every Monday, you know, they have uh, the squat pattern as one of their compound movements. So it's called like a one. It's like, man, I can box squat with them one week. I can, you know, goblet squat with them the next week. Cause all I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm drilling in patterns. That's it. And maybe I'm increasing intensity or maybe I'm changing exercise complexity in a one over time. And that's my progression model that I laid out for them. So I'm not saying go in and do a bunch of random things with your clients because it doesn't matter if they don't have really uh, particular goals, uh, particular to a, a pattern, but have a, have a progression in mind and take them through that progression. So there's, there's a litany of, of ways that we can progress an exercise. It could be, Hey, I'm just going to progress a pattern. Hey, I'm going to progress in a very linear fashion where I'm going to volume to intensity or volume to density, or I'm going from uh, a really, you know, uh, easy variation of a pattern to a more complex variation of a pattern over six, eight, 12 weeks. I mean, we can progress however we want. That's why it's so important for us as coaches to sit down and plan out uh, people's training cycles, right? Because once we have that progression in mind, and we can talk to our clients on what that progression is going to look like over time, uh, man, connections there. And we're not worried about clients' emotions behind their training program because we were proactive in that and connecting them to their training program before week three comes. And they're like, why the hell am I doing this? Right. Right. Uh, I like that explanation just because like, it's so funny because whenever my clients ask me a question and they always, everybody's always wanting an absolute answer. And it's always like, well, it depends. There's never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's never one answer. And I actually just listened to uh, a show with uh, Dr. Mike Isertel and uh, Dr. Eric Helms. And they were talking about this whole concept of like, you know, rational skepticism of like, especially mm-hmm. in strength conditioning, there is no absolute yeah. answer. There's just, you know, basic guidelines and principles. Um, and, and I, I love the, the delivery that you had inside of that. Um, now, something that I'm curious about, um, and, 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 you know, like I said, I've, taken this model of individual design and I've bolted it onto, um, you know, some of my old group clients and stuff like that. And they, you know, they jumped on board with it. Um, but a lot of them are very used to like, uh, a high intensity workout every single day. Um, and now I've slowly implemented like, Hey, let's look to, you know, get repeatability from, you know, this interval to that interval. And let's look to, um, essentially like I'm going to add some rest periods and you're not just going to go, go, go and teaching them pacing. Um, and, and for me, that's been a difficult conversation of getting people to, um, shift to that. Um, are there any like basic, and this is definitely going to be another one. It depends, um, type answers, I'm sure. But, um, how often do you think a person should do, um, like true intensity? And, and I know that's going to, you know, vary based on like their training age and, um, you know, what particular issues they have and stuff like that. But yep. um, in general, like, um, should people be doing like intense exercise every single day? Is there like a sweet spot for most people that um, can handle a certain amount? Like, what is that for people? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and and I know you're a, an, an, a CCP coach, so right. I think we could speak the same language, but just to speak more broadly, yeah. just for uh, your listeners that aren't inside of CCP or have never been, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have those principles laid out, right? It's like, you know, if you're doing math work, so if you're doing maximum aerobic power work, 
we have it laid out how many how many sets how many reps should you do at the very most um, and how much recovery is needed at a minimum and at a maximum to actually repeat that bout again mm -hmm. right so we have that laid out in map work and we also have that laid out in anaerobic work um, so if we're talking about um, if we're talking about let's call it map seven so someone's doing 10 minutes of very, very sustainable activity. And we would, at OPEX, we would say that that 10 minute piece should be sustainable for four times the work. So that should be at their 40 minute pace. Um, and let's just do this like really simply, let's say someone, you know, you give them a 40 minute um, row for max uh, meters and they, they average two minutes um, per 500 meters over that 40. And now we're giving them 10 minute uh, row intervals at map 10 or at map seven, right? So now we, we know that we're going four times that work. They've already completed the 40 minute row. We have their score. So as a coach, I'm just putting in 10 minutes at two minute pace because that's their 40 minute pace, mm -hmm. right? And we rest and we do that over and over and over again. And we have to rest for, at a minimum 48 hours before we can repeat that bout. Now, if we're doing anaerobic work, that's where it gets really tricky. And that's where I, th I think you, by intense fitness, do you mean anaerobic work? Totally, totally. Something that is unsustainable and something that nine out of 10, you know, basic CrossFit style gyms are going to give to their clients. Yeah. So I think we have to, going back to the context piece, because unsustainable work, I mean, there is, there is, there are benefits from doing unsustainable mm -hmm. work, right? But we have to look at the benefits and the risks and we have to understand which one outweighs the other. So if it's for a general population client, the benefit of doing unsustainable work would be metabolic adaptation, right? So if, if their goal is to, you know, lose some body fat, you better, I mean, you, you gotta, we have to admit that doing really hard intervals, unsustained intervals with like properly, right? With enough rest between and all of that mm -hmm. to actually get some adaptation from that, um, they will um, increase metabolism from that, right? So we have to kind of peel back the onion a little bit and ask a little, a, a few more questions, right? Um, are they actually able to express that work? Because if they're not able to express it, i.e. they're not strong enough, um, i.e. they don't have the aerobic base to actually recover from that work. So we're going off of principles. We're saying, you know, go 30 minutes as hard as you can, uh, 30 seconds as hard as you can, sorry, uh, you know, rest, you know, nine to 11 times the amount of that and do it again. And they can't even repeat that right? Like we know that they don't have the aerobic base to support unsustainable work, right? If they're not strong enough, we have them go 30 seconds as hard as they can. And we give them that same, same amount of rest. And after 60 seconds, they're like, why am I resting this much? I'm ready to go. Totally. They're not strong enough to actually elicit a metabolic response from anaerobic training. So those are two different, you know, scenarios, but let's say someone is strong enough and they do have the aerobic base. Now, what does what does performing anaerobic do anaerobic work do to someone over time that's doing it two to three times a week right we have to look at hormonal function that that affects we have to look at um recoverability between training sessions we have to look at uh, cognitive function let's say they train in the morning and they have to go to work for the next eight hours it's like now their training is actually taking away from their livelihood, right? So we have to look at all of those things. If they're doing it for sport and they're like, man, I just want to win. It's like, okay, let's really dig into the principles and look at how much we can do this and how to actually peak you for this thing. Um, so principally, you know, anaerobic work doesn't really have a place in general population people that don't really care about increasing performance or don't have a reason 
to increase performance relative to anaerobic or glycolytic work because there's no i can't even think of a sport off the top of my head that uh glycolytic work is actually needed outside of functional fitness it's like you know football players don't need glycolytic work soccer right. players don't need glycolytic work right it's like you know that's that middle zone that's that's really dangerous for people to live in and you know the carrot to that is you know there's a there's a massive dopamine response um when we come down from that work and we feel really good about ourselves from doing it because it was a really hard challenging thing so what i would you know what i would talk to my clients that that want to do that or what i would say a coach should do if their clients really need that it's like hey let's lay out what this progression would look like to do sustainable intense activity right like have you ever implemented map like true map one or 30 seconds work 30 seconds off that's sustainable with someone at its highest level that shit is is intense right that's intense sustainable work totally. but there's there's a there's a barrier of entry to be able to do that right it's like we have to be able to we have to be able to take our clients through the proper progressions to get them to 30 on or 30 seconds on 30 seconds off. Right. Right. Um, it, it's been a, it's been a big shift for me inside of my programming, even, you know, um, I've had a lot of conversations with people lately who, um, are, are feeling the shift that we've made inside of programming. And, um, obviously my remote clients and my individual clients are kind of at this point, just through great conversation. Um, from our coaches are really bought onto it. But the the biggest shift has been um, around that whole shift is like, what are we doing it for in the first place? Like, what is ultimately your your goal? And a lot of times it comes from just a misalignment, right? Of like, you know, what you think you want or what you actually want. And then what you're, <clears throat> excuse me, and then what you're doing. So um, I find it's been a very difficult conversation and one that I've um, very, very gently tiptoed around. Um, to get people that, and we talked about balancing earlier in the show of like um, giving people what they want versus um, or what they need versus what they want. And I feel like I've done a good job at balancing those things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it's been a difficult conversation. Now you talked a little bit about like being strong enough. I would say a question that I get, you know, almost weekly just because there's so much resistance training in our programming is, um, coach, why do we lift so much? Why do we do so much resistance training? Why do you believe that having a good strength base and a good aerobic base, why do you feel that is so important? Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about, uh, resistance training and mm -hmm. I'll just kind of like list off some, yeah. some positive things that, uh, come to mind. Um, you know, mechanical adaptation happens with, with, uh, resistance training, uh, motor coordination. Uh, some really good hormonal effects from uh, some really good muscle contractions that we can handle and that we can recover from uh, muscle fiber adaptation. So just, you know, someone just imagines an endurance athlete or an someone that has a large base of endurance that comes into your gym and they've never done any resistance training. The, uh, the muscle fiber adaptation that they'll have just from doing really good uh, controlled contractions and those muscle fibers turning from, you know, uh, extremely aerobic to actually utilizing some anaerobic uh, pieces inside of that muscle. That's a really good feeling for a lot of people. Um, you know, the challenge of resistance training, uh, the vitality that it could bring, um, the motor, motor control, um, you know, movement efficiency, longevity, and how that's, uh, and how resistance training is, is uh, you know, directly correlated with uh, positive effects 
and uh, osteoporosis and uh, bone mineral density um, and cardiac, uh, cardiac, you know, resistance mm-hmm. and all of those things. So yeah, those are just a couple of things that come to mind when I think of, you know, people lifting weights, right? There's a lot of really positive things that, that can come from that. And then when we, you know, turn the coin over and we look at aerobics, I can say all of those things again. Um, but now we're talking about, you know, and I'm talking about aerobics done not to be the best at aerobics. Um, but to, to, and, and I know we use the term sustainable a lot, but we can still be sustainable and really push the envelope for performance measures. Right. So it's like, once we start to have like cardiac hypertrophy and stuff like that, now we're going toward, you know, uh, the, the, the sickness and and the elite fitness side of things, but just, Mm -hmm. just talking like, you know, easy aerobic work, easy blood flow. Um, there's a lot of benefits that come along with, uh, you know, heart health, teaching someone to be sustainable, not only in the gym, but in life. Right. And that's, that's something that we talk to our clients a lot about is, um, you know, some, some really good learnings can happen in the gym, uh, exercising and moving and thinking in your head, like I need to make this work extremely sustainable. Um, because if anything, like we talked about a few minutes ago, if anything in life is unsustainable, it's just that it's unsustainable. Mm -hmm. And we, we'd have to bandaid and bandage that stuff up over time to continue to do it by definition. So some really good learnings can come through really good aerobic, aerobic training. Yeah. And something that I love about, um, that I've adopted and I use a lot is like, um, something that you guys preach is like taking, taking the power of a person's fitness and like giving them, giving it to them. Right. So not necessarily like always relying on a coach, but, um, learning is super important for a person to be able to like be able to do these things on their own because at the end of the day like um for a lot of our clients we see them for what an hour you know have a couple especially if they're remote we're talking a couple touch points every day maybe a couple times a week like we're not with them all the time so giving them some of the power back um educating them being there and and having connection and then um teaching them it just it, it really feeds into the whole conversation about things being sustainable right and people being able to do things long term and i love that um I just think that goes a, a long way. And as far as, um, you know, we can even go like if we were to take it the business route, like for a client retention standpoint, um, that goes even deeper as well. So um, so I want to switch gears before uh, before we run out of time here. And, and there's a couple of tools that I've heard you guys talk about when in, in regards to like recovery from exercise. We've talked a lot about training and some some principles around that. But um, what are some things that people can use to recover from their training? I know you guys have a um, a certain map principle that you use and a couple other things. Uh, I guess the question is like, what are some, some of your like favorite things to recommend to clients, uh, from a recovery standpoint? Oh man. So if, if, uh, to the coaches out there, if our clients are having problems recovering, mm-hmm. uh, we're giving them the wrong prescription, right? Cause when right. we look at, uh, resistance training and energy systems training, uh, a, a big principle inside of there and what we give to clients is what they can recover from. Mm-hmm. So if we have to band-aid things up and fake recovery, like if I have to send a client to, you know, cryotherapy every Friday, because what I'm giving to them is just beating them up and they feel like crap on Monday. It's like, I need to shift the, the program. Right. Totally. Um, so, you know, on the, on the recovery side, man, we can't, we can't hack this thing, right. The, the body is a, is a very intelligent uh, organism, right? So if we try to hack it with recovery tools and you know re- recovery methods to try to trick it into thinking that it's recovered, when next Thursday comes around, 
uh, they're going to, our body is going to realize like, oh shit, this guy just tricked me. Now I have to go back to cryo tomorrow to kind Mm -hmm. of like extend that. Um, so recovery, I think that's another topic that is, um, is massively, uh, when it comes to like hacks and tools and stuff like that, I think it's massively overblown and, you know, not important at all. Right. So when we talk about recovery and, and what I would tell people or coaches to look at and inside of recovery is look at your client's lifestyle. Like if, if we're giving them what we feel is the right thing in design, let's now look at lifestyle. Let's look at their sleep. Let's look at how much water they drink. Let's look at blood flow outside of the gym, right? Because you just said it, like we may have a client that we see for uh, an hour a day and that may only be three to four times a week, right? So it's like they're only moving their body for three to four hours a week. That's just not enough, right? So right. like, let's look at how, how, much, uh, how much they're actually moving blood and lymph throughout the week. Um, let's look at, you know, their poops, right? Like let's look at digestion and how that's happening, right? If so, if we have a client that has, you know, runny poops at every, every single day at 6 AM, but they feel great the rest of the day, it's like, we can't ignore that. We have to understand what the hell is going on digestion wise, right? Because recovery truly does start in the gut. Um, so I look at all those things and then, um, you know, if those things are, you know, not up to par, we have to adjust the, the training program to match up with what they're able to recover from. Um, and I know that's not a super sexy answer, man, but I think we have to look at, we have to look at the basics before we start looking at, you know, cryotherapy and like guns that we put into our muscles to, to, to make them relaxed and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually loved how you answered that because, you know, oftentimes people are looking for like, um, like, oh, you know, you should, you know, throw in foam rolling or you should do cryo or, you know, use this Normatec compression thing. Um, the, the frame of like sleep lifestyle, uh, are you moving enough to get good blood flow? That, just like you said, in my opinion, is hands down one of the most important things and will go a lot longer than, you know, this fancy gun or this supplement or, you know, um, this, somebody the other day was telling me about like they're making tents that go over your bed to um, help with oxygen and stuff like that. And yeah, to yeah, me, it's like, yeah. you know, I, I've, got, I've had conversation with people that would, you know, they'll do a cold plunge in the morning, but they slept four hours that night. And like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm in recovery and I'm like well you're, you're kind of missing you're kind of missing you know the tree for the branch or whatever the saying is um but but just to, just to add to that man like yeah. uh you know they're they're you know we we don't all live in this perfect world right so you know if we have clients that are you know shift workers firefighters uh military personnel um stuff like that um or let's just call it really high level elite athletes that need that you you have them in a pre-competitive phase and you're building the requisite volume that they're going to need for this big four or five day competition. Um, you may have to use some of those things and hack it a little bit, uh, but we, we need to be extremely targeted in where we do that. And that's not happening in like happening in like accumulation phases in January right. if their competition is in September. Um, yeah. So some really good points there, but we have to also look at where those things could be just necessary because, you know, uh, we don't live in a perfect world and we don't have control of absolutely everything in our environment. Yeah, totally. I, man, I love that answer. You were spot on with that. Um, all right, man. So I, I realize we're running out of time. Um, usually uh, my question at the end is like a personality question. It's nothing too crazy. Um, but for, for me, like um, I love to know uh, like how people, what, what, what valuable things people have learned in their life. And then um, obviously giving it to them, my listeners as well. Um, and for me, it's advice, like, you know, having mentors and having people that have given me good advice over time has been huge. Um, what would you say is like one of the, you know, 
um, the best piece of advice that you've got from a mentor or whether it's somebody virtual or somebody you work with daily, um, what is that piece of advice that just did a lot of things for you in either your coaching, your life or any, any sort of avenue? Uh, man, that's such a great question. Um, and I've, I've answered this a few times before. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the same answer um, and just kind of keeping it in line with this conversation and, and what we've chatted on today and to connect it back to, you know, the, the technician, the craftsman and, and the master, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, be really confident with what you know right now today. Uh, and this is just relative to coaching. I know mm -hmm. we can kind of push this out to, you know, life and, and what totally. you're doing in your, in your, in your daily responsibilities, but relative to coaching, it's like, you know, be really comfortable in, in using the tools that you have inside of your toolbox, use those things, right? Like, don't think that there's something that you need to go and learn today because your clients aren't getting what uh, you want them to get, or maybe what they feel they need to get. Um, so let's, let's get some really good principles inside of our toolbox, use those things for years and years and years. And let's not think about looking outside of our toolbox until absolutely necessary. Right. So we kind of went from that technician phase of like, learn those tools, right. That's happening as a technician right. and that craftsman's phase where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm really confident in the things that I learned in that technician phase. I'm going to spend some really good time in this craftsman stage and just implement this stuff with, with my clients over years. Right. And then now to get to that master's stage, it's like, okay, now I can start to look outside of my toolbox and bring in other tools because I've used these, you know, 15 tools for three to five years. So yeah, man, just be really confident in, in what you know and, and what's inside of your head. Um, if you don't have a base level of understanding, go out and learn that, whether it's from us or a different organization that teaches you those things. And uh, you know, get really confident with those before you think about the next best thing or the next shiny object down the road. Man, I love that answer. Um, Carl, I appreciate your time, man. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, where can people find more about you? What kind of plugs do you want to, want to, want to leave out there for everybody? Uh, yeah, man, just uh, definitely check out um, OPEX on uh, IG. We're at OPEX fitness or OPEXfit.com. If you want to check out our website, um, a great place for, uh, you know, your listeners to get started if they're coaches and they kind of want to dip their toes in. And mm -hmm. our ideology is our programming principles course. Um, we actually just reshot and uh, relaunched that thing last Friday. Um, so yours truly is is now teaching that. Nice. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a great course for coaches to kind of get 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 their feet wet in, in what we do. And um, you know, we have a lot of support that comes along with that course. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great place to get started. And, you know, for coaches that are ready to, you know, dive into this thing and, and hit our three big pillars of, you know, exercise, behavior, and nutrition, definitely, uh, you know, talk to one of our coaching advisors and get into our coaching certificate program. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time today and, uh, man, it was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know that your time is valuable and I appreciate every minute that you spent with me. If you're new to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and to give us a rating and review. This is how we grow the show and make it even more impactful to people that listen to it. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I post daily motivational content, free training, and nutritional information daily. Lastly, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're thinking about working with me and my team, go ahead and email me at cody at virtuousfit.com and I'll see you on the next episode.